five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. There was a little uh, Black Oak, Arkansas. You know, I just had to play that song since I talked about uh, Jim Dandy. Man, happy birthday, Jim Dandy! You're here for another year, or at least you were, and maybe you, you'll be here for another year longer. And uh, he's still around to kick in. He does interviews. I think they have a variation of the band that still kind of tours and. Um, the magic of Black Oak, Arkansas, and their Southern Fried Rock. <laughs> so when you look at the band, you got a guy with like a raccoon fucking tail. Like he's got a raccoon tail hanging out his ass. It's it's fantastic. Like who walks around now with a raccoon tail? I, I don't know. You know, maybe there's kind of a plushy version of that but it's not the same right like you might have somebody actually in a raccoon costume versus just a raccoon tail which is a little weirder i think there's something slightly uh charming about a raccoon tail attached to the back of your jeans and then the boots the boots oh we've got uh i'm not, I, as you can see i'm not in my environment it's a different environment here. So I have to I have to let this go through. Okay. Normally we wouldn't have that. And there's nothing I can do about it. But hopefully that'll be the last kind of robocall or whatever that was. The boots. You had great boots. Look at those boots. Furry boots. Boots with tassels. And then you had the amazing Jim Dandy Mangrum. The redneck Robert Plant. The original David Lee Roth. And the magic of Black Oak, Arkansas. Go, Jim Dandy, go. Just keep going. Keep going. Don't stop, Jim Dandy. I bet you that guy's had a pretty good life. At the very least, it's probably been uh, interesting. But I bet, he, I bet he's had, with that chart, he's had a good life. He He, he hasn't been cheated out of life. Let's put it that way. And we'll never see that again. We'll never, ever, ever see 
that again, unless uh, chat GPT or AI decides to come up with the other, the ultimate Southern rock band, and all of a sudden we have this new Southern, it could do that. You just punch in Leonard Skinner, Black Oak, Arkansas, Allman Brothers, and uh, who else could we use? Molly Hatchet. And come up with the ultimate Southern rock band. And they might be all the rage all over again, but somehow I don't think so. Uh, welcome to the show. 15 minutes of flame in a uh, another part of the world back in California. And uh, it's always interesting being here in California. Very different energy and vibe than, than uh, where I normally broadcast from. And I like it. You know, I grew up, I grew up here and uh, astrologically the alignments are really different. So it's good to step back into a, a placeholder, a, an astrological placeholder of my former or alternate self. And when I was uh, coming in from the airport last night, I had to take a lift. And I, yeah, I, I, I generally, you know, I, I sense the vibe of the driver. If the vibe, if the driver is not into talking, you know, I won't talk. But if they are into talking, I'll, I'll talk with them and I'll ask them questions because I like to find out who who these people are. Yeah, you know, I'm in, I'm actually genuinely interested in people's stories. And last night did not disappoint. So. A lot of times when you go for a lift, you'll get guys that have a name in some ways similar to the guy that I had last night, Hamed. His name was Hamed, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is short for Mohammed. Could be wrong. Maybe it's its own name. I'm not, I'm not an expert on uh, Muslim names. So, you know, you look in the phone, there's a little picture, Hamed. Okay. Goes up, gets out of the car, helps me with the bags. Not too many bags, just a briefcase and a, a carry-on luggage. But he helps me. Not everybody does that with Lyft or Uber. By the way, I use Lyft. I don't use Uber. I'm a contrarian. But it doesn't really matter. I'll, they just do both. They'll have the Lyft app on, the Uber app on, and they'll, they'll pick up rides through whatever. There's no exclusives with Lyft or Uber. So... I get in the car. I said, so, um, you know, how's it going? Good. How's your night? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, where do you live? I live in, I live in Sacramento. I'm like what? You live in Sacramento and you're, you're, you're down here in the Bay area. I'm doing lift. So I talked to him about it. And I said, where, where are you from? He said, oh, I'm from Afghanistan. I'm like, Oh, how long have you been here? A year. So it turns out this guy was one of those people that were fleeing Afghanistan a year ago when Joe Biden and the United States just decided that, you know, we're not interested anymore. We're done. We're just going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to leave now. We're going to leave all the stuff behind and all these people behind. So, and some Americans, lots of American uh, weaponry and stacks and stacks and stacks cash. It's crazy, right? And Taliban got it all. So I got this guy's story about what it was like to leave Afghanistan during that time. 
And it was really, his English was okay. It wasn't, you know, wasn't bad. Like he, he, he actually was able to, you know, communicate fairly well, although I had to, you know, listen harder, but I was able to follow him. So he's been here a year in the U.S. He left Afghanistan with nothing, nothing. Like it was like, get on the C-19 transport plane and let's go. Where are we going? Well, our first stop is we don't know. That was their first stop. The first stop was we don't know. We could go here. We could go. And by the way, there are literally thousands of people leaving Afghanistan during this time. So it's a year ago. And he left with, the only thing he had was $100 and a freaking cell phone. That was it. Think about that. Just for a second, you or me and our lives getting on a plane with 100 bucks and a cell phone. And that's it. That's all you get to take with you. No family. Wasn't him and his wife, just, just Hamed. Just Hamed. So the first stop, there were some options where they could go. The first stop was, was Cutter. So they landed in Cutter and they spent, the, they refueled, they spent the night in Cutter. I guess they were at a base. They were at an a Army base or Air Force base or whatever in Cutter. And then the next stop after that was New Jersey. And he spent three months at Fort Dix in New Jersey. And uh, I asked him, well, what was that like? He said, oh, it was, it was good. It was, it was fine. It was good. And, and he told me that at Fort Dix, they had like 4,000 Afghanis from this one event, right, with people leaving Afghanistan. 4,000 were at Fort Dix. I'm like, wow. So what did they do with you there? Oh, you know, we had the medical checkups and they talked to us and you know, they're trying to find out, you know, who they have. Like, is there somebody that they've kind of picked up that might have some interesting skills and usefulness? Okay, can you uh, come over here? Really? We have something that uh, maybe you might be interested in. So there's a screening process, and there's a number of reasons why they do the screening. But he was there for three months, 4,000 Afghanis. And so I, I asked him, I said, well, how, and I'm thinking, I'm trying to sort it out, right? Like, okay. Uh, what were the conditions like? So how was the food? Oh, the food was uh, very good, very good food. I'm like, so did they feed you American food or did you get Afghani food? Oh, no, no, we got Afghani food. So they basically were, were cooking up Afghani food at Fort Dix for 4,000 Afghanis. Three meals a day. That's a big operation, really big operation. And then um, after three months, it, they were like, well, you know, it's time for you to and they got they gave him clothes and you know the stuff to he he left with the clothes on his back a hundred dollars and a cell phone that's in so i guess he had a cousin 
or has a cousin in the Sacramento area. So he called his cousin up and he, and he said, oh, hey, you know, I'm here in this country. Can I, can I come stay with you? He's like, yeah, sure. Why don't you come here? There's apparently there's a really big Afghani community in Sacramento, which I wasn't aware of, but now I am. So he winds up going to, to Sacramento and staying with his cousin. And, and the whole thing started off with like, like, what do you do? Because people just don't drive Lyft or Uber for, they've always got a side hustle. <laughs> it was a funny conversation. And he said, oh, I, I, I was working for Apple for four months and I resigned. I'm like, oh, so what, what, were you a, like, management or, you know, like you resigned working for Apple? After, again, more conversation, I found out that really what he was, was he was a tester. So they would bring in these old computers, like the one I'm on right now, and they would basically go through them and refurb them. And so his job was to do quality control and make sure certain parts were working. That's what his job was. It wasn't like he was like management or programming. He was kind of a tester, right? And um, he was there for four months. He resigned. And and I asked him, so how much did they pay you for that job? And he said, $16 an hour. I'm like, well, that's that's shit. That's what I said. That's that's shit money. You could almost go to McDonald's now and make $16 an hour. Like, you don't have to. And he traveled. He had to travel quite a ways to get that $16 an hour job and then pay for parking. At the end of the day, it wasn't really worth it. So it's funny how he said, I resigned and not quit. That, that's a little bit of a mindset there, right? I quit. No, I resigned. So he, uh, so he's doing this lift thing now, but, but he has a new dream. And he shared with me what his new dream is. And uh, he says, what are you going to do now? How are you going to make your way in the world now? He said, I am going to open a pizza restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, my friend, he told me, he taught me how to make a pizza. And um, I, I, so, oh, cool. And then he says he's going to open up his kitchen inside of this other guy's shop. I don't know really what that means, but I think he's sharing space with somebody else. And he's learned how to make, by the way, this guy had $200,000 in his bank account in Afghanistan, Taliban froze everybody's assets. So he's got $200,000 just gone, gone. It's really funny. It's like, you could make a case that maybe he got $200,000 worth of services from the US government when he landed in Fort Dix, maybe. I mean, depends on how they did the accounting and all the meals and uh, the, uh, uh, lodgings and the clothing and any medical services you know i guess if you were if you were in the you know in the in the pork belly you could probably add that up to about two hundred thousand dollars worth of services but the united states government is not going to reimburse that guy for the money he 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 left behind they will however reimburse people that have been uh, 
how shall we say, uh, playing a little fast and loose with our banking system over and over again. Now, I'm not expecting them to do that for him. It's just kind of an interesting comparison. But he had $200,000 in a bank account, apparently worked for Hughes Aircraft. You know, so this guy had a life. He, he, he had a profession. Um, he, he had a kind of a war chest. And this is all gone. And I, I asked him, uh, so do you like to cook? And he said, no, not really. It's okay. But he's going to make it. He's going to have a pizza restaurant. So I said, you got to have a good name for it. What's, what's, what's the name of your pizza restaurant going to be? I don't know. I don't know. I tried to sell him on a name. I tried to sell him on a slice of the Mediterranean. Even though he's not quite Mediterranean, you know, this. if you go west far enough, you'll run into the Mediterranean. A slice of the Mediterranean. He didn't quite get it. He didn't quite get it. I'm sure he'll figure it out. But it was a really interesting conversation. And, you know, we have it so fucking easy in a lot of ways. So easy that most of us can't even comprehend what that would be like. Just get on a fucking plane. You don't know where you're going. You got $100 in your pocket. You're leaving behind your life, your job, $200,000 in a bank account. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a huge, huge, um, you know, journey. So I asked, I said, so how did you feel when you were on that plane? So you must have felt nervous. How did you feel? Oh, not good. Not good. I did not feel good. Just imagine that, right? You're, you're just having to process all this shit, you know? Just pro and, I, and so I got a little political on him. I said, look, I don't think we should have been there. I almost felt like apologizing to the dude. You know, and he didn't really delve into the politics too much. See, it wasn't like it was a big political thing for him. He had a life there. In life, and he, you know, he had business contracts, and I think through Hughes Aircraft, you know, there was some connection with the, probably the U.S. military. So you could make a case that by the U.S. military being there and Hughes Aircraft being a part of it, it actually gave him a gig. Strangely enough, but if you go back to Afghanistan, you start with the war with Russia. That's kind of where it all starts. If you go back and look at, at pictures of Kabul from the 70s, it you know looks fairly in some ways European, but it in in kind of that 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 um that Middle Eastern way that how they would reflect that quasi-European look, you would see it in places like uh, Syria or Iran. It was very cosmopolitan in a lot of ways. Uh, and they had some of that in Kabul. Kabul was a very, very vibrant city. Uh, at a certain point in time. A lot of drug dealers ran through, through Kabul as well. Huge, huge hashish and opium dealers. But, you know, there's the war with Russia and the Afghanis. And, you know, the Russians ultimately got their asses kicked 
And it's because the United States got involved. And the United States, guess who they backed? They backed the Taliban. They, they were the big brother of the Taliban. They gave them weapons. They showed them how to fight. Um, you know, it's not anything that anybody doesn't really know, right? But then all of a sudden, once the Russians turned tail and left, the United States was, okay, see a Taliban. And the Taliban was like, well, why are you leaving? You know, and now what, what do we do now, right? So the United States helped create the Taliban. I mean, we all know that. They created them because they ultimately were the resistance that the Russians would run into. And um, and then they just continue to, you know, do their Taliban thing. They got stronger. They got bigger. And then all of a sudden it became an enemy. So we had to go there and fight them. Because theoretically, theoretically a guy with... Uh, living in a cave somewhere on a kidney dialysis machine, masterminded one of the most tragic and, uh, you know, terror-driven uh, events in our history for this country. And it's a good excuse to go to war, good excuse to send our people in, good excuse to secure oil and any other resources. And of course, we know that, you know, where opium comes from in the opium poppies and it was like did we did we really need to go there did we really need to go there and was what ha what happened on 9-11-2001 the official story and how it all went down and who the perpetrators were and you know we've talked about this many times and the answer to that is a big bat bucket no okay Big fat fucking no. I was on the plane last night and um, I was watching a movie on uh, Southwest. They have a pretty good selection of movies, actually, on Southwest. You just like jack in with the old Wi-Fi thing, right? And I started to watch this movie called 12 Strong. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a movie about... Uh, what happens on 9-11 and uh who's the guy that plays Thor? that guy liam liam hemsworth he's he's kind of living this just you know family life he's just moved into a new house and they can't wait to be there and live their life he's got a touching scene with his daughter and she starts to look at the tv and they're showing the twin towers right he's like oh so he has to get the, the gang back together again, his elite unit, and go over and fight the Taliban or Al-Qaeda, then the Taliban, right? They're, they all kind of merge together. And then you have ISIS, right? So there's you know, the ongoing, you know, was the threat there before we got there and made the threat? I'm not sure. I'm sure there was some threat, but if there was a threat, I'll tell you who the threat was against. It was against another country, not named the United States of America. Begins with an I and ends with an L. That's where the threat was. 
and uh, that's for to a large extent that's why we were there. Many other reasons, but you just you just watch cinema, and cinema tells a particular story, promotes a particular fiction. It reinforces a version of history, just like how they reinforce versions of history that are related to World War One, World War Two, more World War Two than World War One. There's some World War One films, but not as many World War Two films. There's you know shit ton of World War Two movies, and that's what they do. They they create a cinematic, uh, historical representation. But it's not really historical. It's based on a lot of fictional narrative. And they're, so they're selling it, right? Post 9-11, they're selling 9-11. And um, they're selling this idea that, you know, there is this threat. And was there a threat? Well, there was, an, a, there was a bombing at the World Trade Center. Ramsey Yusuf, that was probably real. That bombing was probably real. That that I remember that one. I was like, "Whoa!" The bomb World Trade Center, man, that's heavy. So, but there's a reason why you had this group that was agitated, and they're agitated because what was going on in the Middle East, and what was going on with Israel. It was the I mean, and part of that also was ginned up too. Like that was a weird period of time with all the hijackings. The 70s were it was crazy, crazy with hijackings and planes and you know you had uh uh Arafat and you had Carlos the Jackal and you had all these people that were anti-Zionist and and theoretically you had Gaddafi who would you know, house all these terrorists. I mean, it was a weird, weird time. And there was a pushback in a lot of ways against what was happening uh, in Israel. Some of that, I believe, was also psychologically operative, that, that you had players that would agitate the situation and, and they would infiltrate and agitate. I mean, this is kind of the, the story of, where we are historically, infiltration and agitation. So we know somebody who is being liberated from their, maybe not personally, but we know somebody's being liberated from their story. And that's uh, QAnon Shaman. Jacob Chansley is being released. Strange, he was sentenced to 41 months in prison. And by the way, did you know that he had 14 months left? on his sentence he'd been there that long he's been in prison that long it's kind of interesting right it, 14 being the inversion of 41 some people might say well that's just a coincidence or oh look at the gematria around that we can't seems like we can't divest ourselves of the uh, symbolic import in everyday events now it's it's just like it's loaded it's loaded. Oh, let's, let's get into 41 and 14. Anyway, the dude is going to be out thanks to the footage that was released and basically showed him, you know, being given a guided tour of the Capitol. And then once he got, once he got in, he did his little prayer thing. Look, we saw that stuff. We didn't, we didn't see the 
the being guided around, but we saw him. The, they, I, this I don't understand, right? Like, we saw this shit. We saw the guy who worked for the Capitol. He, he let him in to, what was it, the Senate chamber? Or no, it was House of Representatives where, where Pelosi sits. Not where... Uh, Sometimes I want to use really uh, foul language. <laughs> Sometimes I want to hurl an invective at the screen when I think of somebody like Chuck Schumer. Not not hard. Anyway, um, we saw that. It's like, uh, what's this guy doing? He's leading the freaking prayer. He's telling people to not mess things up to respect it whatever you think of him the whole scene what you know it's crazy right it, but it's part of our postmodern story it's just fucking crazy it, it, i mean think about this we, we we've got the trans narrative going on and that is fucking crazy it's crazy but in terms of the crazy scale where is QAnon shaman if you went back in time, uh, let's go to 2010. Would shoot? Would QAnon shaman be considered really crazy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go back to the 90s. You know, it's really fucking crazy, right? So the whole thing is nuts, but. In a weird way, you know, we've been kind of conditioned to em embrace the, maybe not embrace it, but you can't get away from it. Like, like the 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 high strange is almost around every corner now, and and he's part of it. And yet, the video says, the videotape says he didn't do anything wrong there. And we saw it a long time ago. So why the fuck didn't they see it? Uh, to me, this is the the again part of the strange. So when you when you when, when I look at it, when you look at it, when we looked at it, and we saw it, it was harmless. And yet, the picture that the media painted just by that look. By the by the by the you know the raging buffalo, it made him look like he was wild, insane, untamed, and capable of great danger, right? But it's not really how that thing went down. But and we saw it. That that's the part that that blows my mind. We saw it, but nobody else. His lawyer never saw that footage. Now, his lawyer claims that the footage that Tucker Carlson released that he had never seen. Well, that's fair. I hadn't seen it either. But you can't tell me that his lawyer didn't see the footage of the freaking D.C. Capitol Police leading him into that chamber. And 
basically saying a prayer and uh, praying for the country and praying for everybody and and telling everybody, you know, to respect the place. He, you can't tell me that he didn't see that. I find that bizarre, and maybe he did. Did they not allow it as evidence? I don't. I don't know. But again, it's just more of the high strange. And, and even as lawyer, when I saw his lawyer, I was like, does this guy have like a speech impediment or something? He was kind of hard to listen to and follow. I'm like, I don't know. This is Look, we are in Pluto and Aquarius now, and things are going to get fucking weird, okay? They're just going to get really weird. And, you know, as Hunter S. Thompson once said, uh, when the going gets weird, the weird get going. All right, let me get in. I, I'm, by the way, I'm not here for a long period of time today because I have to deal with things on the domestic side. But I do want to stop in and do a little meet and greet with the best chat room on the internet, bar none, wherever you are, over on the 11th house, uh, Astro Weather, here. You guys are awesome. And a, a really uh, interesting community just in terms of um, looking after each other and caring for one another, really unique. And I feel, uh, I feel really actually honored to uh, be a part of, of your group and your assemblage and your energy and watching how you guys show up and have shown up in each other's lives and in a really interesting way. And a big shout out to TJ, uh, Tom Jordan, who is sort of um, the glue guy. You know, in sports, um, there, there are players who play certain positions. And they'll say, oh, that's a glue guy. He's a glue guy. And glue guy means they, they keep the team together. And they may not always do, like, the most spectacular thing. But without the glue guy, things don't run as well, right? So, and we got a lot, of, we had a lot of glue guys in here. Uh, but uh, special shout out. You know, if I'm late, Tom is like texting me. You okay? I'm like, yeah, thanks. I, I and I really do appreciate that. So big shout out to TJ. All right, let's see who do we have here. Um, oh, we were talking Black Oak, Arkansas. He was a furry before he was before furries were popular. Uh, let's see, helicopter side. He said, "Hi, Wendy." Says, "Here's my man, TJ. Fran is here. Hi, Cece." It was hard for me to learn and appreciate uh, who the fuck was Jim Dandy. You Man. Jim Dandy, there would not be a David Lee Roth without Jim Dandy. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, let's see. Harry Bowie, Rocket and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, right. The raccoon. Rocket the raccoon. Uh, Equicentric. What's going on, Equa? Miss Nakia, she's here. Uh, is Bo here? I, th I thought I saw Bo over on uh, over on Astro Weather. Uh, there's my man, Thor at the door. There is DJ MC. What's going on, Michael? Mark S. He's back. There's Bo. Gigi, love from Florida. 
take you out with me to the beach. Oh, wouldn't that be delightful? Good food in California. There is good food in California. No doubt about that. I had the best chicken mole last time. Actually, there were mole uh, enchiladas. were so good. So good. Gigi, have a great day at the beach. Um, let's see. Who else do we have? Uh, lucky to run after the airplane. I know, right? He got on the airplane. He made it. I love to meet up with some like-minded folks. We all... We all want to hang out with like-minded folks. Uh, let's see, where are you? St. Petersburg, and the meetup is a flat-earth group, but they are all red-pilled. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Gigi is in... Uh, is that Okalala or Okala? I think it's Okalala. He commutes from Sacramento. I, I think just every now and then. Well, every now and then. Uh, let's see. You guys are just chatting away here. Chatty, 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 and chat today. Too bad they teach the kids how horrible America. You know, Bo, that's a really good point. It's a really, really good point. I mean, think about that for a second. And that's just one fort. Like, I don't think Fort Dix was the only fort that was taking in people from Afghanistan. And, and, and it's really it's really interesting when you when when you talk to like Uber Lyft drivers and you like like the last time I was here, I connected with this um young kid from uh Nigeria. And um his parents were no, it wasn't Nigeria. What is it? Um, Liberia, Liberia, right? Li Liberia. Samuel Doe, young guy from Liberia, been here for two years. Really nice young guy, studying um, audio sound production. Very polite, uh, and. Do, doing his best to participate in the American dream. And we have so many people here who are just so fucking spoiled and they don't understand the, the opportunity that's here. I, I mean, to be fair, it's getting harder. Okay. It is getting harder. The, 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 the compression on being able to make a decent living and rent a place and kind of carve out a life. It's getting much harder. So I'm not going to, you know, just think that we're living in 1970s or 1980s America. It is not. So there are some very distinct impediments to getting started. But this guy that I saw last night, uh, the kid from Liberia, the last time I was here, impediments? They don't know what that is. You know, th this guy has no fucking choice. He's going to learn how to make pizza. He doesn't really, really like to cook, but he knows that he has to do this because he's got to make a living. And 
this is the opportunity that's being given to him. And, and, and this is one of the things that, from a, the idea of a country and a culture and a nation, uh, we have just really lost touch with this. And it's, again, it's not hard to do because of the conditions. It's just not hard to do. I mean, even when I talked to him about 9-11 and I talked to him about, I didn't talk to him about the neocons, but I probably could have. Like for me as an American, and I've talked about this before, I'm not happy about it. You know, I'm not proud of the fact that my country, the country that I've grown up in theoretically, is the one that is making other people's lives living hells around the planet. And really, we're at a place now where this idea of America, whether you're fresh off the plane from Afghanistan or you've been here for a while, we are really at, at, at the chopping block. We're at the chopping block. I was just reading where uh, China and Brazil have done some kind of major deal economically that basically was a run, ar run around from the dollar. The dollar is on its way out. It's on its way out. And this is all part of the, the much larger plan to essentially pull all the power out of this country, all of it, whether it's economic power, whether it's spiritual religious power, whether it's the power of the individual to uh, rise through the ranks based on meritocracy, the power of the family, right? They, they just, they're just unplugging everything right now. And the economic thing is really big. And we're, we're much closer to an economic disaster than we understand or realize. Things are happening globally, economically that are going to impact us. So the dollar may still be decent here, but abroad it's it's taking a, a shit. And you have the BRICS countries, you have Saudi Arabia doing side deals where it's like, nah, yeah, that, that agreement we had with the US and Nixon, yeah, we're kind of over that. You, you wanna buy oil and you want, we'll take it. And then, do you have an administration that is going to push back on that? No, of course not. Why? Well, they, they're they happy. They're happy that's happening because they, they, they are participating in the end of American dominance or the end of the American dream. And really, the end of the American dream uh, started a long time ago. But now, now we're it's catching up to us, right? The event horizon is coming. That said, with Pluto and Aquarius, things don't always go according to plan. Let's keep that in mind. Things just don't go according to plan. But you should be aware of what's happening financially and monetarily, because I think that is going to be the big domino. And if you look around, right, you can kind of see how this thing is lining up now, even with this event in Nashville. But, oh, by the way, somebody said Tiffany Dover was in Chattanooga. 
So I needed to make a correction from yesterday's show. Not Nashville. But let's just play this out. Okay, so you have the event in Nashville. They're going to be more than willing and more than happy to use an event like that to what? Go after guns in the Second Amendment. And I don't care what you think about, you know, the an American who has uh, the right to bear an arm and has firearms and that they may be no match for uh, the military or whomever, right? Trust me, that is and has been a deterrent for a very long time. That has been a deterrent from the accelerated encroachment of absolute tyranny. If that wasn't in place, this thing would have been flipped a long time ago. The downside, of course, is crime and violence. That's the downside of it. Um, but the upside of it is that it has been a bit of a buffer between us and them, theoretically, right? If you get into the us and them category. But they're going to go after it, and they don't care now. They don't care whether or not somebody is and they're they're using this individual in a lot of ways to and again whatever that event is about it, it, there's a lot of dubious details to that event i played the video yesterday and you know what i'm going to do i want to put a little more uh, time on the show you know it's like putting money in the meter i get to do that go jim dandy Go, Jim Dandy. Jim Dandy to the rescue. That was one of those songs that when I was a kid, I used to play it in my head a lot. I loved it. That song was a song that I would probably play in my head when I would get up to bat and play baseball. And have that song on my, you know, it was my walk-up song in my head. Strange, right? Or maybe no. Um, so they'll use this thing. They'll use it for whatever they whatever whatever purpose. They'll use it. So they're 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 weaponizing any of these shootings now. It doesn't matter. Oh, trans, the gun. Got to go after it. You can't let the trans people have guns because guess what? They're not good for the guns. Aren't good for the trans community. Guns are a danger to the trans community. We got to go after them. So they can just twist and warp the, the messaging and, and the, uh, the context. They can push it any way they want now. If they can't get, you know, a crazy, lone, white, fascist, white nationalist, wingnut gunman, they'll take what they can get. But again, it's dubious. I mean, it's. I showed you the video yesterday. Uh, apparently, there's another version of the video that is not blurred out. But then that doesn't match up either. And of course, you have the uh, the strange continuity problems with the the shoes. And there's there's a lot more. 
at the end of the day, does it really does it really matter? I mean, we could find all of these inconsistencies. And I ranted about this yesterday. I don't want to rant about it again today. We could find all these inconsistencies. We could see, see, see. Oh, yeah. The, look what's going on here. These are all linked to the arrival of Baphomet. And, it's up, and so we could go down that path. And, and some of that is not untrue. But where is it leading us? We've already gone through Rivaldi. That guy looked like he was wearing a dress. He looked he looked a little confused. You look at the the Highland Park shooter in Illinois, looked a little confused. You go back and watch his videos, like whoa, what's going on with this guy? Yeah, and now you have whatever happened in uh, in Nashville. But they'll push the narrative. Whatever happened there, I mean, we still don't know completely what happened in Uvalde. And you know, I, I even went to Uvalde. I went to the I went to the school. We walked around the school. And I was trying to talk to people, and you know, they were there mainly to pray and cry and emote or whatever. Um, but I don't think we'll ever really know what happened. And there's just so much high strange. Go back to Sandy Hook. It feels like we're just kind of living off of the reverberation of Sandy Hook, which happened in 2012, just before the Mayan calendar theoretically flipped. Sandy Hook happens. It's like the last major event. And, it, and it, if you look at Sandy Hook in that context, it's a weird timeline thing. It's a really weird timeline event because of the the, the multiple um, potentialities of what that event looks like and who is behind it. There's so many kind of parallel um, interpretations, parallel um, outcomes. It feels like we we hit Sandy, Sandy Hook's like another 9-11. And 9-11's like another JFK. And I guess prior to that, JFK would be, I don't know, another Lincoln or maybe another uh, Pearl Harbor. You know, we, we hit these nodal points, right? And these events happen. And we're going this way. And all of a sudden, there's this... Um, what 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 is a uh, uh, call it? He, he calls it multi-unity. I wouldn't use that word, but it, it, we're headed down this one path, and then the event goes through this thing that's like a prism, and there's all these different threads and all these different timelines that run off of that one event. And Kennedy's a big one, and you get to nine eleven, and then the same thing happens with nine eleven. And then you get to Sandy Hook, and the same thing happens with Sandy Hook. And it feels like we're still living in the echo of Sandy Hook in a lot of ways. So there's that, right? That's going on right now. And they want to take away the firearms. And then they've got this bill going through, and, and they, they want to limit uh, 
a person's access to VPN. I mean, basically, they want to take over the fucking internet because of TikTok. Problem, reaction, solution. This is a whole, you know, Biden administration. Um, it goes beyond Biden administration, but this is their thing, right? They want to, they want to protect when the. But the problem here, though, too, is that there are Republicans on board with this thing. There are Republicans on. I mean, this is a clear threat to the First and the Fourth Amendment. Okay, so let's do the math here. They are going to go after the guns. I. This is. It, it is a given. It is a given with Chiron and Aries. The United States is coming up on its Chiron return at 20 Aries in the fourth house. It is coming. There's that. Then we go over to the other side, which is this and the internet and speaking and talking and uh, sharing information. And, and this is a really valuable medium for that. Really valuable. So they, Throttle that, and they shut that down if this bill goes through. If they make a concerted effort piggybacking on an event like Nashville to continue to go after firearms, regardless of the profile of the shooter, which is an interesting piece. Of, they don't care. Like, they don't care anymore. They don't care if the shooter shooter looks like somebody who's, um, you know, white and has a beef with the replacement society. They don't care. It's just like indiscriminate fuel for a program. So they take that away. They take this away, right? And then what happens? Then they, then they drop the hammer. Then the then the economic hammer drops. That's, but they have to, they have to pave the, the, the road for that. They have to pave the path to that because when that happens, they don't want people being able to communicate as freely as they might like, because guess what? The government under this bill could look at your website and go, this website is divisive. This website is hateful. This website misrepresents facts. And we want to protect people from that. So they'll use the, the TikTok bomb, right? It's a, time, it's a time bomb. It's ticking TikTok, right? They'll use that and they'll weaponize that against us. These are all big pieces on the chessboard. So when you look at something like Nashville... And you look at something like this, this bill that's that's gaining momentum to basically take over the internet. These are very important events because they lead to the big event, which is dollar crash. And how long will that take? Good question. It's a very good question. It could happen quickly. I for me, when I looked at this astrologically. It felt like when um, Jupiter went retrograde in Taurus later in the year, that that was going to be a big moment. Because Jupiter and Taurus is the good life, right? We've been living a good life. And when it goes retrograde, it's like, oh, the good life has been interrupted. 
and we're going to have this Jupiter conjunction with um, Uranus. That's more next year. But Jupiter just makes those Uranian energies even bigger and more disruptive. So we're on the path here. Like you can, we can see it, right? Everything is uh, funneling and tunneling into the event horizon. And there's going to be that moment. There's going to be that economic moment where there is going to be a dollar crash. And they are engineering the fuck out of this thing between the banks and sucking up the banks and sucking up the, uh, the, you know, the, the capital that people have accrued. Well, we could all be like the guy from Afghanistan. The only problem is that there's not going to be a plane waiting for us to take us somewhere else and get a fresh start. That's not going to happen. Maybe Putin will uh, send those big Russian planes over. Yes, come over here. Please, please, come join the Russian Federation. We will take you. We understand your plight. This weekend is going to be interesting. I'm telling you, April Fool's Day, Day of Rage. Where do we hear Day of Rage from? That comes right out of the playbook for the Weather Underground, Bill Ayers. Makes you think, doesn't it? Who's really behind the scenes? Who's still pulling levers and pushing buttons behind the scenes? You think Bill Ayers just kind of went away? You think he's a uh, kind of a scholar emeritus somewhere teaching about uh, oppression and uh, social institutions and uh, inequality? Uh, I don't think so. I think that that people like Bill Ayers and uh, Henry Giroux and, and these these social Marxist, Neiman Marxist masterminds they're they're behind the scenes. They're in on it. They're in on the game. They want to see this thing collapse. They have a lifelong investment in their own personal ideology. And it would be the greatest day in their lives to say, I was a revolutionary, and this was my idea, my dream, was to bring this country to its knees, to restore the balance and the equality that has been inherently uh, hijacked from it. And I'm responsible for that. You don't think somebody would get off on that? You don't think if they felt like that that was a doable goal, that they wouldn't advance their... Uh, their, their life along those lines and, and put their life in. Of course they would. So they could sit back and like, I'm the new founding fucking father of this country. And there's plenty of them. Or in Angela Davis's case, the founding mother. So it's going to be a weird weekend. It's going to be a really, really weird weekend. Days of rage, channeling the weather underground on April 1st. Ha ha, the joke's on you. And we're still into heavy, airy season. Heavy, airy season. <sighs> and that's not to say that the whole trans issue isn't a problem. It is a problem. I played the Camille Pag the video yesterday, and she clearly stated that once a culture gets to this phase, that is, it is the end of the culture. 
and she went through a number. I kind of have a little bit of a different opinion with her about the Weimar Republic, but I understand what she's saying about it. But the end times in Rome, theoretical Rome, or the end times in theoretical Greece, we have the depictions of the imagery, and the imagery is stark from uh, one period to the to the at the beginning, the uh, the Alpha period to the end we'll call it the beta period not the alpha and the omega the alpha and the beta and and she's right and that's where we are now and all of this is driven it's all driven and i i did a show i was living in uh, the apartments in fredericksburg so this was probably around 2018 or 2019 and I did a show about the trans economy. And I forget who wrote the, the article, but I picked up the article and just went through this article. And the amount of investment into the trans economy was mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. And of course, behind it, you had people like the Pritzkers from Illinois shooting huge, huge amounts of capital into research and development, into lobbying, into um, big pharma so that they could create, you know, like a, like a, you know, warehouse stocks full of hormones. Like it was an, it, it, it's an economic model. You get, and you get people on, you know, hormones, you go through this window and you're on hormones the rest of your life. You got a customer for life. And then, of course, there's going to be issues at times with adapting with, you know, the hormonal flux. So, you know, we got some other things for you, too. We have these meds for you. They'll help you out. They'll help you out. So now you got a customer for life for meds. So you have the hormones, you have the meds. It's, uh, there's a lot of economic incentive. There's a lot of what I would call diabolical um, social engineering as part of the incentive as well. And this is going to be a really, really tricky period. And, you know, this is all South Node Scorpio shit too. Like we're, we're seeing this, this thing, this, this boil that's been festering for a while. And now it's the boil is about to pop. And the South Node in Scorpio really brings that into focus, unfortunately. Yeah, I was watching a video of this guy who was at a school board meeting. I can't believe, maybe I should even play it. Maybe I should play it for you guys instead of me just narrating it. Let me, let me do a little, uh, a little multimedia thing here. Um, mm -mm -mm. Yeah, this is some of the messaging. Representative Catherine Clark describes the trans community as being forced to fight for its, its existence. This is this is it. This is what we're getting. Let me find this. I got to play this for you guys. Uh, this is what I can find here. 
Live protest in Tennessee over gun reform. Tennessee is a hotbed. It is a hotbed right now. Let me see if I can find this thing. I want to show this to you guys. Okay. Here we go. Uh, looks like uh, Santee. There's a couple of these. Let me let me play this one. This shows you just how deeply depraved the world we're living in is becoming. And people will say, "Well, it was always this way." There's some truth to that. There has always been a very dark underbelly in this country around uh, the material that we're talking about. But it's but the but the permission for that uh, culture and for that form of, for lack of a better term, expression, it it's been greatly enhanced. The, the levels of permission have been greatly enhanced. And now it's like, not only are they coming out of the woodworks, but there are new people who see this as a, a form of normalization, which in the past they probably would have sought help for. But now they don't do that, right? Now it's like, oh no, you're the one with the problem. You're the one with the problem because you can't accept it. There must be something wrong with you. You're fucked up. You're you're phobic, whatever the phobic is. Let me play this for you. All right. Wow, here we are trying to figure out what a woman is. It's such a strange time to be alive. Um, so on social media, if you haven't seen today, there is a video kind of going viral. There is this alleged woman that is masturbating in a women's bathroom. So uh, let me clarify. Sorry. This woman has a penis, and she is stroking it in, in a woman's bathroom. And there's a woman here. If you haven't seen it, guys, just it's on Twitter. Uh, there's a woman here washing her hands. So if you can make sense of this for me, would you be okay with this? Would you be okay with a man dressed as a woman masturbating in the mirror at a in a bathroom, in a women's bathroom, and call that man a woman? Because this is where we are right now. We, as people, are starting to recognize you are falling for a ploy within political correctness, and we are urging you to stand for truth. Because if you don't, my children, our children are subject to your failure. I have an eight-year-old. If this woman was my eight-year-old, if by chance my eight-year-old went into this restroom while I was patiently waiting outside for her, and there's a grown man stroking his penis around my daughter, what do you think I should do? 
as a father whose duty is protecting my children. You're not doing it. Are you doing it, Sheriff? Because you are obligated to detain a man when he goes into a woman's bathroom. Are you not? You know what to do. There's, there's no question about it. You need to establish an ordinance to prevent this from happening in this city. Thank you. So that's not what I wanted to play, uh, but that gives you an idea of what's in the air. This is where we are. It's coming to light. Was it always there? Not, not like this. I've been around a little bit. It's, it's, there's been the underbelly, but it hasn't been anything like this. Let me see. Here's another one. Um, mm, 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 mm. Uh, let's see. Hold on one second. Uh, let's do this. Let me do this. Another keyword search. Here we go. Here's another one. This is the one I wanted to show you. This is fucking mind blowing because it, it it fits the pattern, but it's a different type of version of the pattern. The guy. So I'm going to set the stage for you. This is a guy who's going to a school board. Looks like is it uh, Eugene, Oregon, and um, Churchill High is the high school, and this teacher asks his students what their sexual fantasy is. Let me play this for you. By the way, the teacher is also a football coach. Here we go. Check this out. Good evening. Uh, many of you know me, so I am here to discuss this atrocity of assignments. I want to first say you're a liar. It's not a rumor. I have the proof right here in my phone of the whom with you with whom would you do it with? And my daughter specifically stated that the teacher put up a will on the class board and it stated anal penetration, oral sex, licking of ear, kissing, and he wanted them to write down the initials of a boy or girl that they would do these activities with. Now, I don't know what's worse, wanting to know my child's sexual fantasy or who they're going to have anal penetration and oral sex with. What is he gaining from this? What do you gain from this information? Why has my daughter that naively did the assignment? Because she's scared. She wants to get good grades. She wants to be, you know, get her license. She has to get good grades. And so she does this assignment. Where's the assignment? Why hasn't she had it turned back to her with her grade on it? What is he doing with it? Is this for his spank bank? Is he literally using this for his sexual deviant? These are questions that need to be answered. He, he verbally abused, verbally sexually abused every single child in that classroom. 
You look up the definition. I gave you the paper for the definition of verbal sexual abuse. Now, sexual abuse is sexual abuse. So where's the criminal charges? Why is he still teaching? Is it because he's the football coach and Churchill's doing good? Don't want to lose that hype? Because football doesn't matter when it comes to our children. Okay? This sexual deviant needs to be removed. If you do not remove him, I'm giving you my word today that tomorrow morning, I will go down to the county clerk's office and I will file for the removal of every single one of you. Yeah. So what's interesting about that is, is the fact that the guy's a football coach and he doesn't fit the, the kind of the standard pattern that we've been looking at. He doesn't fit the same pattern of the, the cross-dresser wanking off in the, in the bathroom. But this is the South Node in Scorpio. So even somebody like a football coach at a high school is being exposed. This whole thing is about this period that we're in now is about, you know, especially first, first decan Scorpio. It's really about this kind of raw and um, uncomfortable exposition of what's under the floorboards, right? This is, this is a big part of, of this. And, and, but it, it's not just limited to, you know, the world of perversion. I mean, we could also go into banking, which is a very scorpionic um, institution. And, and we're seeing how slimy it is. And Sam Bankman freed, you know, more South Node and Scorpio stuff. And the whole thing with FTX and, and their, you know, their weird little, you know, drug-fueled, orgiastic, polyamorous cuddle puddles, right? I mean, that's part of their story, too. You know, and stuff that's like, ooh. You, once you look at them, it's like, yeah, you put it together, you, know, you don't really want to spend too much time there. But this is where we are now. And when these nodes change, when they change in July, 25th of July, and that true node goes into Aries, and that south node goes into Libra, people are going to be on the fucking warpath. They're going to be on the warpath. So we're seeing, again, the machinations of disabling people in terms of their self-expression and, to some degree, their ability to defend their positions. Let's put it that way. That's all happening now. It's all happening as a pretext for what's coming. And what's coming post-July 25th is it's going to be big. And it, and, and it won't be pretty. And we're, we're headed into vigilante territory. And when you're in vigilante territory, um, there's a lot of uh, potential for people that are are masquerading as vigilantes and you know you know you know the drill right you know the drill but we're getting to this point where everything is starting to get very hot and um but buffalo shaman is free Qdon shaman is free and uh let's consider that a good thing why not you shouldn't have been there in the first place and i don't I don't know. I don't care. You know, he could be, he's ex-military. 
right? We know he's ex-military. There's pictures of him palling around with Rudy Giuliani and, you know, who knows? I mean, this guy could be an alter. He could be a program, all kinds of shit, right? At the end of the day, face value, he didn't deserve to be there based on what we saw. So we'll take a W. We'll take a W. Why not? Let's end on that. I got to go. Thanks for being here. Um, again, if you're interested in the best CBD on the internets, you know where I'm going. I'm going to True Hemp Science. True Hemp Science. Da, 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 da. Yes, I am over. I am over 21. And I do partake in the product. So if you've listened this far, thank you for listening and please support our sponsor, True Hemp Science, TrimScience.com, our good friend, Chris, who not only provides us with fantastic CBD products, he comes to our events. He hangs out with us. He's part of the family. So when you invest in True Hemp Science and his products, you're keeping it in the family, our Aquarian family. Type in 15MINS. When you get $100 or more, it's easy. A couple of this, a couple of that, you're there, but it's worth it. Uh, $150 and more, you get free shipping. So that's another little incentive. Right? Knock off that shipping, get that free product, and get some of the best CBD on the internet. TrueMScience.com. 15MINS is your code. To get the free stuff and the goodies. Chataria, thank you for being here. Love y'all. Um, use your head in order to see what's real, your heart to sit when's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Goodbye for now. Take care.